Hey y'all, it's Katie, and I know, I know what you're thinking. Classically Black Podcast only comes out once a week. Like, what are we finna do for the other six days? I got you. You gotta head over to patreon.com slash classically black podcast and you can see way more exclusive content. We got polls, we got intermission discussions, we got all type of stuff over there. You gotta head over and also we got something coming out called Classically Black Podcast after dark. You know all the messy bits we be cutting out the episode. I don't know. You got to check it out. That's patreon.com slash classically black podcast. Head over and meet us in the Ebony Tower. fan in the background no you don't right yeah they probably won't be able to hear it i think i can just hear it because it's out loud in my ears and also like out of 241 episodes there's no way like my computer like i just you know what i mean Mm -hmm. my computer um is having a moment so well, um, we could just jump straight into the news this week. I'm trying not to say our famous last words, but I'm feeling them. Um, the Opera Girls, whew, there's some stuff going on over there. I also just want to give, for the first story, we'll have to put something in the description, like a timestamp, because it um, has a lot of references to uh, sexual assault that I'm going to talk about, so if um it's gonna be a trigger for you then we can have a, a time stamp in the description so that uh you don't have to hear it if you don't want to okay so um david daniels who is allegedly a very famous counter tenor i don't i say allegedly not for shade but for the fact that i do not follow opera so i, I know, know very yeah i know very few opera singers like har- i could count on one hand how many opera singers i think i could, I could yeah, name I think about the same by name especially like ones that are like active now you know and i think um, they're all black so <laughs> oh no well, my girl um diana damro i know her Soprano. and there's another one that we're that we're gonna talk about oh her um, name oh, okay two hands two hands yeah. mm-hmm. um well david daniels who's a counter um a couple years ago 2019 he was charged with sexual assault alongside his husband um, in connection to an incident with another singer uh, by the name of uh, Samuel Schultz. Um, basically, I don't, and I really don't remember talking. I actually, you know what? Was this at Michigan? Was, he worked at Michigan. Oh, oh, he going to prison? I was about, okay, can I get to- <laughs> okay, I remember it. I'm okay, trying to be bad. on my, my thing. My bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Um, I was about to say I, I, when I was reading this before recording I was like I feel like we would have talked about this but I don't remember but now it's ringing a bell yeah. it, 
It's ringing a bell. Um, okay, so in 2019, he was um, accused, him and his husband, Scott Walters, were accused of assaulting Samuel Schultz, who at the time was a graduate student at Rice. Um, and basically, he's saying that he met, um, the victim met the um, uh, David Daniels and his husband at a party. Um, and they, you know, was talking and stuff. They went back to, um, their apartment and at that point he was given a drink, which he says that he lost, that caused him to lose consciousness and he awoke alone, naked and bleeding, um, from his rectum. So, yeah. Um, and so that was, those were the accusations. They released a statement, which I have to say, we were talking about the whole Lizzo thing. This statement that they released to their lawyer at the time in 2019 is an absolute masterclass in what not to do when you are accused of something. It is terrible. It says, this is from the lawyer, David and Scott are innocent of any wrongdoing. Sam Schultz is not a victim. He never would have gotten this much attention from his singing, and he knows and resents that fact. He waited eight years to complain about adult consensual sex to ride the Me Too movement to unearned celebrity. We will fight this. Whoa. That I was just, I was like, that makes you sound guilty, actually. <laughs> and terrible and insensitive and unlikable and just like just god awful. Like what and I think I'm trying to remember what twenty nineteen was like and I think I think this statement, although it was terrible then, would probably read even worse today. Yeah, and I think oh, that's absolutely. also, I think that's also a reason why I'm like, oh my god, because like I don't think anybody, even even though there we've seen some bad statements, anybody with who wasn't like Boosie or somebody would release something like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, y'all going to jail? Like, like that's your lawyer. That's the best y'all got. They put that in chat GPT. Chat GPT, write me a, a press release, a press statement. In, in the style of uh, Boosie Badass. Right. <laughs> but nah, he, it would not sound like that if it was written by Boosie. So. Um, Wouldn't be far. Well, um, you should know that the there's been some developments in that um case so basically it was going to trial um just a few days ago literally just two days ago um and right as it was going to trial they decided to strike a deal um both david daniels and his husband scott walters um decided that they would plead guilty um to to um sexual assault of an adult which is a second degree felony um they have avoided jail time for this crime um due to that deal because they were originally charged with um aggravated sexual assault which is a first degree felony um which they would have had to go to prison for if convicted um so the deal um gives uh, david daniels a um a sentence of eight years of probation a lifetime requirement to register as a sex offender and um, he has to refrain from contacting uh, the victim forever. Um, also, as a result of this, I mean, 
this was a, a couple years ago, like I think a year after the allegations came out when she was fired from his position, his teaching position in, um, at the University of Michigan um, in 2020. And apparently his solo career has uh, suffered from this, but I'm sure he'll be jetting off to Europe pretty soon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's... <laughs> This is really like the wild wild west over there. <laughs> like in terms goes. of like in terms of like, oh, disgraced opera singer, come on in. Right. Like that's their favorite genre. It's almost like it gives a little genesee quoi to the performance. <laughs> a little razzle dazzle. Like mm, if you, you got will. a rap sheet, actually we, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> like like that's where they all go because Posido Domingo at his big humongous age still over there. Uh, God about screaming and hollering on the stage. So, all right. Well, moving on um, to the blackface Barbie, aka Anna Netrevko. This Barbie's racist. <laughs> That's what I was talking about when I was gonna say like if we had to name a an opera singer that wasn't black, but also depends on how you look at it. So, depends right. on what day it is, what opera she's singing. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but she is uh, suing the Metropolitan Opera um, for at least $360,000. Um, oh, go to hell. <laughs> she's accusing them of discrimination, defamation, and breach of contract. Um, to which, of course, they are like, mm, no. Laughed out loud, cackled, in fact. Uh, she was fired um, by the Met last year after she refused to denounce Russia's president, Vladimir Putin. Um, who she had publicly supported in the past um, before the Russian invasion of Ukraine, um, which, of course, sparked that request from them in the first place. Um, she accused She's accusing the Met of discriminating against her because she's Russian um, and of issuing defamatory statements about her in the press and breaching the contracts by not paying her for some of her lost work. Um She's also uh, filed a complaint uh, last year through the American Guild of Musical Artists, which is a union um, that represents opera performers. Um, And actually, early this year in February, an arbitrator um, in the dispute with um, the union had ordered the Met to pay her more than $200,000 for 13 canceled performances um, because of a a clause in in a contract um, known as pay or play, which basically requires the institution to pay performers, um, regardless of whether or not they decide to engage them later on. Um, the Met has said that they don't think that she's entitled to payment because she refused to comply with, uh, their demand that she denounce Vladimir Putin, um, which they that say, weak, no? They say that, um, hold on. They say that that violated their conduct clause. But what what seems weak? Oh, I see, I see. You literally, if, if I just waited like three seconds. Oh. Because I was like, you ain't do what we say, so therefore we get to do whatever we want. But never mind. Um, but even the, arb- the arbitrator that has said that she's owed $200,000 refused um, her additional re- request for $400,000 in fees and engagements um, for upcoming seasons that had been discussed with the Met, but they were not formally agreed to, which I was like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start going up to places and be like, I know we didn't say we was going to do this, 
<laughs> but you owe me some money for working here, even though I never did. Like, you can't just be like, oh, well, they said, like, this is why, this is literally why people sign contracts. Like, you, like, of course, you've been someone that has performed at the Met many, many, many times, and she's a staple artist there, but that's the reason, that's the, there's a reason why you cut a deal every time, girl. Just because somebody says, like, oh, you say in the elevator, yeah, I really want to sing Carmen this season. They're like, oh, that would be cool. That's not a contractual agreement. You can't sue him. You can't sue them for <laughs> for uh, for that because you had a conversation about it, but it was never actually agreed to. Um, yeah. Um, they also... They also said here in the in the New York Times, which I will link, that she um she earns the Mets current fee for top artists of about fifteen thousand dollars performance. And I was wondering, I'm like, is that a that's like a performance, like one night each, right? That, that sounds right. Is that how it normally works? That seemed low. Well, also that's what I was gonna say. It would seem low if it was not that. It would seem low if it was like you're getting $15,000 to sing this role because of course they're going to do multiple shows and it's like 15, 15, 15, 15, which would add up. Like if you're doing like four shows, you know, that's true. But you don't get paid for rehearsals. Well, I think that would be, or is that a, I think that's just like worked in. That's like a, the fee, mm. like $15,000 per night. But some of that is just like, yeah, she probably you get an advance on that or something, or something like that, like an initial payment, or something like that. Um, because I remember hearing what a like a list violinist gets for a um performance, but I was thinking I'm like maybe that's like not the performance, but like the that run of concerts, like the third three concerts that they usually do, um, is that total? Because then it would be comparable, um. But yeah, um, she also um, said in the complaint that she filed um, that she would like compensation for emotional distress and the damage that it was caused to her reputation. Um, she's accused the Met and its general manager, Peter Gilb, um, of, of leading a defamatory crusade against her. Oh, um, girl. I'm like, ma'am, you perform publicly. <laughs> you perform publicly in blackface. Can't nobody defame you more than you already have. <laughs> like, <laughs> boo. She sucks. Like, let's let's like let's be serious. Um, I will say I I'm curious about the whole like what the parameters were. Be- around the like denouncing Putin thing because like I know in Russia like I don't know the details of that but like how we can speak freely against our government here let's say she's gonna get hemmed up uh, yeah that's my only that's my only thing about that but like that's never been cited as a reason and so I'm wondering like is that a reason because remember they they packed what's his name up I forgot all about him Oh, the conductor, Valerie Gergiev. Oh, Gergiev. They packed him up. I ain't heard a peep from him since. But Gergiev, Gergiev gonna be all right. Also, I not, know. I, not over here, but. 
I mean, yeah, 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 he's gonna be all right. But like, also, I don't be paying attention to that, so he could be out here doing all type yeah. of stuff. I just don't know. But yeah, I have. But I forgot that they packed him up because he was he buddy buddy. Yeah. It wasn't like like Anna Netrebko like they have a picture of her from a few years ago. She had donated to a um an opera house, um in this city in Ukraine that was controlled by it says pro Russian separatists, and she was photographed holding a separatist flag. And um, this girl sucks in every way. And um. So like that was her. That was of course what a lot of people were citing. But like Gary, like it seemed like they was him and Putin kicked up, sharing a bucket of popcorn at a sleepover. Right. Like they, they seemed like they was. So, we'll see how this turns out. Um, the Met is standing firm in their decision to cut ties with her. Um, um, in the meantime, while the war is still happening, and we'll see if and when anything changes and if she gets her money but i hope she don't get a freaking penny because girl be freaking serious yeah like and you should and she still maintains a quite a busy um concert schedule and guess what continent so right they're still loving her over there in europe also the met's not really off the hook because you knew she was doing all that blackface stuff but still there wasn't no other span in the world you could ask yeah yeah they was they was okay with that they was cool with that. So. Oh, both of y'all lose. But, yeah. That's it for the news. Well, speaking of news, um, unless you are <laughs> under a rock, and I say that because it's literally major headlines, Lizzo has had a crazy week. Um, and I can't remember if we said we were going to talk about that or not. We already planned out our August episodes. Um, but, yeah, some pretty heinous stuff that she has been accused of. Um, but that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a very small aspect of it, and it's the idea of fraternization. So one of the one of the aspects of um, the, the, the charges, I don't know what the charges, against Lizzo. Accusations accusations thank you against Lizzo and her team and her stupid ass um because I hate that lady I don't even know her I hate her I and I who do I hate not many people but I hate what's it called the director her tour the her tour her dance captain girl go yeah. to hell um but one of the accusations against her was had to do with um what happens after work hours like after concerts after the things that were happening in clubs and dancers feeling like they had to go to these things and fraternization is a huge aspect of classical music like I I personally think it's a huge part of the social life in classical music anytime there's a concert or a recital like you finna go out for drinks after you gonna grab dinner after um uh, in order to if you want to get to know like if you're in a quartet a lot of times like before the first rehearsal to get people to get to know people as on a personal level you'll go out to get food or get coffee um you might if you recently accepted into a school you might grab coffee with your professor or if you're taking a lesson i've i've had um when i was looking at grad schools i went to get lunch with a a perspective professor after my audition after my um trial lesson like there's all different types of um 
moments where you can hang out or fraternize with someone who is where there's a power imbalance um Mm -hmm. someone has something that you want someone can control your future someone who pays you who can stop you from getting paid any and all of the above and one thing that I, i believe is really clear about um this case is it really brings to light about how we in almost any industry can move forward with the idea of fraternization how this might affect our relationships in the workplace um and if we should change anything about it with how especially in regards to this classic black podcast in regards to classical music but i said any profession because one thing like um our president barbie Issa Rae is known for and her production company hooray is um she has something called um something fridays you remember it's like mm. it's not fun fridays that's it's just too cool to call it fun fridays but it's like it's something to that nature where like all of hooray comes together and they do something like she's very big on like fostering the relationship of her employees outside of the work environment and like every Friday she does something like it's a game night. I don't know if it's every Friday. I don't work at Hooray. It could be like once a month, mm-hmm. but some type of game night or she'll have like food trucks or something where like her employees and her partners can come together. But it's also like Issa's industry is closer to Lizzo than our industry. than the class black is where it's just it's both of us. But I'm also wondering like, how does that affect something like that where Issa is clearly the head honcho and she's interacting with assistants or something like that so I wanted to know um first before I get to my specific question but specific questions you have any like ideas on this idea of fraternization actually more specifically like have you ever outside of like with your you're not equals but for lack of a better word you're equals have you ever like gone out to drinks with an employer or a teacher or something like that or do you keep it pretty separate i mean i think we, we've talked about before how i'm very much uh i came here to do my job type of person mm-hmm. um although i don't think like we can't we you can't have friends or work anything like i just mean like i'm just like i'm not gonna force it you know mm-hmm. um i have that being said i have gone out to drinks to lunch with my with one of my bosses multiple times but this is one you know you just was meeting with her like we're i, I consider her a friend at this point oh. you know like mm-hmm. we like i would go out and see her for lunch and it would not be like not for a networking thing like just because you're like we're cool She's not that I think y'all are the same age or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like we just cool. I'm trying to think anybody else. I mean, I've gotten coffee with like my teacher. Yeah. You know, like stuff like but, that. But like while they were your teacher? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so like stuff like that. Do you think it's like okay, when we talk about your teacher, do you think because like I've done it before, like I'm a while. I've done it i don't know it's kind of like my i like a little hang you know what i'm saying like um there is i'm not gonna say too much because it's my it's happening right now but there there is an opportunity for like community building with mso 
but the time of night that it happens I just want to lay down <laughs> like that's really what it is like I, I'm so, so like I just want to go to bed we I'm really bad at that this which is the, another reason why like I'm not really good at after um concert hanging out like if you know me in real life you know I'm a morning person the only people that would really disagree with that if you were at Splitter with me but it, babe if we're going to bed at three why would I wake up at seven be mm-hmm. serious um but that means I've been up since six it's now I've been now up for 14 hours I want to go lay down like I do um but uh but I yeah I mean when I was in undergrad I think undergrad is a perfect example like me and my me and my um conducting professor were locked in like we would go we would it's um there was a restaurant in downtown normal which was really okay uptown normal which is two blocks um and a five minute walk from campus if that um and there was a place that would do like five dollar like well drinks or like whatever after rehearsal on a thursday we going we going with professor we going up there we we gonna talk about the week we gonna talk about most of the time like we're talking about like what is a what is a 60 year old 60s and at that time like 20s oh my god at that time 20s like what do we have in common but classical music so we chopping it up about whatever you know like it was it's, it was normal and it wasn't mm-hmm. we're adults it was i was never taken advantage of it. literally none of none of the students were we loved him that's why we spent our free time with him like um but there, there's constantly like this this thing like there was an orchestra picnic where it, it wasn't we'll talk about that in a second it wasn't mandatory but it was like girl why are you at the orchestra picnic let me for real um but i mean that's that's kind of like normal for me i think it might have stopped being normal at eastman but eastman was kind of different i guess because i, I never like, you said what you never what i got lunch with the professor once but it was really like welcome to rochester this is what i'm expecting because i was a ta Mm-hmm. I was his TA, but now that I think about it, yeah, I hang out with I I quote unquote fraternize with Eastman professors post Eastman. Mm-hmm. I feel like I don't, I don't normally feel like obligated to go to stuff at this point, especially when it's you like are ahead of me. Period. That's my next question. Have you ever felt like you had to? Um. Well, it's so funny because that was a thing when I worked at a place, and it was at the like hit like two like basically the highest you could get in the department um at like at their house um oh okay 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 at their house and i rsvp no i'm not going um (laughs) (laughs) because it was it was like they lived really far away and i just didn't want to go like i just didn't want to go yeah and it's so funny because i talked to my boss and the people around them and they were like well you're not going and i was like (laughs) no no they were like we didn't really feel like it was optional and i was like really i just i just saw anything that's not in work hours and we're not working on work things i feel like it's it's completely optional i didn't end up going um especially because you could bring your dog so i brought my dog she walked that she acted an ass and embarrassed me but <laughs> she would not let anybody touch her it was crazy oh she probably overwhelmed <laughs> she was like who are these people we've been in a car what are you talking yeah. about like um but yeah i mean it was fine i just went because is- at the time i i wasn't who i am i wasn't 
I didn't have the goals. I, I'm not going to say who I am because I, I still didn't feel like I had to go. But I, I had goals like where I was considering staying there and trying to move up and stuff like that. So like that's why I ultimately mm. went because I didn't I was just like, well, you know, it's probably good for me to go. Um, but yeah. That's so interesting that they felt like they had to go. And I feel like that goes into like what what like little dancers were talking about because you ain't had to go to the clubs that Lizzo was telling you to go to, but like you had to go yeah, because there's going to be some type of like, there's going to be some type of punishment, quote unquote punishment. Like if you did not go, whether like you didn't get a, you didn't get considered for a promotion because Delaney's not friendly or doesn't like, doesn't care about community, you know, things that are not getting you paid more, but okay. Um, right. So, it's like there's always some type of underlying punishment, especially like I would love for like orchestral music musicians to speak on speak like you know hit us in the DMs or the or a Jeep or you know at Gmail classicbackpockets at Gmail dot com because or on Patreon I, period or on Patreon because there's also like a that's part that's part of like your little ten year process low key like do you how are you interacting with the orchestra members like you like every time it's time to do something like you you don't want to go you're going straight home you're not being friendly um whatever it's like it's like an expectation that you have to do it and i don't mind a little hangout but sometimes i just be wanting to go home like yeah like we've been out all day i've been out my house all day and i be trying to get the bank like i be trying to get the most for my money with my rent so it's like my house has been vacant for three hours i feel like it's time to go back uh, um, but do you think like this situation first of all do you think classical music music like as a career could bode well without fraternization I mean it depends on what you do within classical music I think a lot of people are weird and so like but I think that like it's okay like to be weird and like you don't it's not one of those like if you was in like for if you was in like a different part of the like music industry at large and it's really really contingent on relationships then like that would it wouldn't be so great for you which hey but um in classical music I do think there's a little bit more room for you to not do that because like say you're a soloist or something ain't nobody about to you're not about to get on stage and do nothing because somebody liked you you're about to get on stage and and do your solo because you could play down and I think you got I think it's similar in orchestras with the exception of the tenure process Mm -hmm. um like but once you I feel like once you do that you could just be like okay y'all yeah but also, I mean, that also might make your life harder, though, to be honest. So, like, maybe you can't be like that to an extent. Um, but, again, I feel like it just it just depends on, yeah, what you're doing. Oh, and also, if you're a gigging musician. If you're a gigging musician, yeah. I think that's it's more important than, like, because now people like that that is um it's contingent on how you play but also on relationships i think that's probably the most balanced um like path there is in terms of like which one is more because sometimes that will make or break 
um that will make or break whether or not you get work because there's a lot of people who, who can play well and they may play just as good as you but if you somebody likes you more then yeah, yeah. you'll probably get the job and that's why i be that's that'd be my like i'm pretty social i like having a good time but sometimes i've noticed like it's really hard for me to be like let's do more things after we've done something like i don't want to go to especially like it's also hard for me if i have to work like if 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 delaney and i play the show and it gets out of 10 30 and i haven't eaten and I'm, I'm about to go home and eat dinner I might be like, Delaney, let's, you want to stop somewhere on the way? Because, like, I don't have to work. I don't have to do anything. I already know Delaney. And I'm not saying I can only hang out with people I know. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just That's saying, what like, I'm sometimes. Saying. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> what I am saying is that sometimes, like, you don't have the energy to work at something. And it's like, for example, like, I've played a couple musicals while I've been here in Memphis. And it's really hard for me to go to a cast party. I'm literally in a pit of, like, eight people to a cast and crew. Of 40 I do not want to go to no cast party that's no that's so much work that's so much and now it's 10 30 at night I've been up since six like um but there is like I remember <laughs> one of the violinists was a couple uh, months ago was like well you know like uh a lot of the casting directors are going to be there like you know if you want to that's there's some good people to meet there and I'm like as tempting as that sounds I was really pick I was thinking about my patty melt this entire time and I just feel like I should go home and make my patty milk um so I mean while there's been times in my life where like I did not feel like I had to fraternize there were I feel like the majority of them um, I feel like it's like kind of like mandatory (laughs) um but yeah best of luck to all parties involved with this case I don't know if we'll talk about it we didn't we didn't talk we didn't I think we like said it in passing but um it's kind of messed up stuff to talk about, so yeah. I mean, the news. I mean, that is true. I will also say, like with the whole, um, like feeling like you have to thing that it, it. I'll try to remember to put this in the description, but um, it reminded me of a piece that was written. Oh dang, two years ago, and um, I care if you listen. Called confronting classical music's alcohol problem. And it came, and it was basically about, like, how so much of that, the social aspect is like, let's go out for drinks after the concert, let's go out to the bar after the concert, let's da 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 and, like, how some people are excluded from that for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Like, that really stuck out to me because, you know, I don't drink alcohol, and not for any, like, I don't care about people drinking around me, it's, it's no super deep reason behind that, but some people are sober, some people are, like, yeah sober you know like because they need to be and um and also some people don't like being around people don't like drinking around people who are not also drinking um yeah and so i'll try to remember to link that in the description because it kind of goes into um how a lot of um how some parts of the industry are entangled in this like feeling of of um needing to drink needing to participate and those things and those issues actually have come out in the music industry at large because like brands like liquid death which is like a water brand but it has it's in a can that looks like a beer can so that people like as apparently some people like they don't want to stick out if they're not drinking so it looks like you're drinking oh that's why it's marketed that way mm-hmm. and oh. there there are also like there have been 
more initiatives about like um com- combating like substance abuse at concerts um and stuff like that with like changing packaging and stuff like that and having like sober areas or like just oh at a concert at large okay, okay. yeah like at a festival was... or something like oh, that okay. um there's more it's been a while since i've read about it but um yeah there's been some organizations that are really taking those initiatives because a lot of people you know especially with the stimulation of a concert like people be going crazy yeah so yeah hmm. and you know how they be they, they be doing coke all type of crazy shit like music yeah. entertainment industry people be feeling pressure you first of all you're not supposed to impress me into nothing i'm so sorry cocaine but, like cocaine i'm sorry y'all enough. like i remember i saw a tweet that was like y'all make coke such a big deal i'm like cocaine <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry normalize people using cocaine normalize no, no i'm not gonna do that actually <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, like I understand it's more common than it's definitely more common than I thought it was. But like, and it's like you want to do like that's your prerogative. But like, I think that's another thing we was just talking about another situation, mm-hmm. and which like some people and I feel this. I was gonna say this about alcohol, but it's true for drugs and alcohol as well. Like, some people are. I feel like they feel like they are secure in their decision to do certain things, but they are not unless you are also participating. And I think that goes into some of like, in my experience, people who don't like to, or feel weird about the fact that I am not drinking while they are like, they feel like it's because I, I'm like judging them for drinking. I literally could not care less, literally could not (laughs) care less. Like, (laughs) so, um, I mean, if you're doing too much, there is a such thing as doing too much. And in which case I'm, I would probably just remove from myself, remove myself from the situation because I've been in situations with people who just like have just gone crazy. I've chased drunk friends through the streets, lifting up your dress at three o'clock in the morning. I'm not doing it again. Like, so yeah, Whoa. of course, if you, if you drinking crazy to that point, then we going to like, you have to do that with somebody else. Yeah. But like, you just drinking, like, I do not care. And I feel like that's, that's something that came out with the people that was talking about Coke, who was like, y'all, there was like, y'all like to pretend like you ain't ever did Coke before. <laughs> cocaine and it was like and if you haven't then you will i was like not i set the fly don't put that on me and my nostrils like especially like do what you want to do but what do they got to do with me and and then were you there on twitter that time when they were trying to act like how crack wasn't even that bad and (laughs) what a crazy day (laughs) i was like i was like so y'all must still be on that shit because what are you talking about (laughs) like lives were destroyed i was shocked i didn't didn't even know it was so common like i was like oh i was like y'all do not have the fear of god y'all fear nothing i understand i was a little bit more like say no to like that was really drilled into me like i'm like so when i see people doing stuff i'm like does that not scare you does it not scare you but like also i know people who grew up in a similar way who like yeah they they loosen up and even i have loosened up at least to the idea of certain drugs because like you can tell me we wasn't correct when i was in high school yeah, I'm saying, <laughs> so. i was like we smoking weed <laughs> <laughs> it's literally not even all that but like it's really not i mean and i've like like i've warmed up to it too in that i don't i don't care what you do first of all let's start with that i don't care what you do 
but I ha- I don't smoke weed. I've never felt called to it. So I've I've just that's why you could never convince me that I'm gonna be doing cocaine. I've never felt called to. That's how I feel about alcohol. But I don't be around people wagging my finger talking about. <laughs> no 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 no. Sativa is Eva. Like, <laughs> girl, watch your. I'm minding my business. You mind yours. Right, replacing your stuff with oregano. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm, I'm sure spaces with people. People don't, I don't like the smell of it. I think it smells terrible. I'm about to say, but yeah, that's one thing. That's the only thing. And people respect that. Like, I just really hate the smell. It just it smells bad. Mm. And don't don't inbox me talking about girl. You got the wrong strap. Like, just leave me alone. <laughs> Do your best. That's Do your big one. I, I love that for you. With y'all, who you was like, you just gotta find your right drink. Okay, but to be fair, you said you hate all alcohol. You hate the taste of it. I'm like, some of them be. And that's the but thing, I wasn't like, like, I wasn't. Okay, try this one. Okay, okay, okay Katie. Well, like, <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> Katie, Katie be so freaking defensive. Like. <laughs> I did not say that you tried to pressure me into having no alcohol. Like you, you wasn't trying to harass me. You literally just said like, "Well, you you know you just haven't found your right drink yet." That's literally it. So like that's what I said. I don't have an aversion. Like it's no deep meaning. I I have had alcohol multiple times, yeah. but I like just to try. Like I've had I've had a mimosa. That was the least disgusting thing I've had. Um, I've had a, a sip of like my mom had a margarita. It's so funny because I used to joke with her like when she had because my mom hardly ever drinks, but sometimes might have like a margarita or something. And I used to joke with her like, "Ooh, let me get some once I was old enough to drink because, mm-hmm. you know, as her daughter, she'd be like, no. But then now she don't even believe it. She'd be like, OK, fine. And look at me. <laughs> she's like, I know you're not going to drink none of it. <laughs> See, I'm trying to like, OK, the whole mimosa reaction cracked me up because you were like, I'd rather just have regular orange juice. And yeah, that's just so funny I'd rather to just me. have the juice. I just feel like. <laughs> Okay, there are some drinks. First of all, I'm not a heavy drinker. If you know me, Whoa. So. no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know me, like can't even throw it back. Yeah, I'm just gotta. <laughs> but um, I'm not a heavy drinker. But like, I'm one of the few people in the world who enjoys the taste of alcohol. So like, That's great. you I, know I'll what? Have... You like a mayo that tracks because okay, your taste girl, was something ahead. off about something off about your taste buds. That's the thing. Like anyway. So um, that's why I'm just like we should. That's why I was like we should find yours because like a margarita would not taste good without without tequila in it. Cause that's like a the slushy. Whole sh- that's the whole shtick. Like I'm, Girl, I'm trying to think of like it's a slushy. That's but good. lime juice. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, like a lot. Girl, like the you remember the Minute Maid like little things used the cherry lime those. Okay, that was all good th- low key. Yeah, like it's like a slushy. It's good. Like I just got me a chill could, lemonade from uh Popeyes, a little slushy lemonade. You probably could do you like with some, oh, but you don't like. I was gonna say you could probably do with some. Uh, what's that stuff called? Not self tonic water, but you don't like fizzy water. Oh, seltzer, like seltzer. It, yeah. If if I can't, I mean, I don't like the flavor of it. If it's mixed with something that's taste that gives it a taste. Mm-hmm. But I can't do no. Oh, it's just a little pinch of a lemon, and like nah. Cause I feel like the lemon juice, the lime juice, or like sweetened lime juice with like a orange Lacroix, you might be onto something. We'll experiment with mocktails. A lot of people, what's that? What's that thing called? There's like a new trend going around for people who are sober curious. Like they're not they don't have a drinking problem they just 
are deciding whether sorry I didn't have my I didn't have my um notifications off and you saw Richard says sexy I don't have the preview up so I, I can't see it's so annoying um they don't have a problem with drinking alcohol but they just want to drink less and the That's girls good. are coming up with some really, really good mocktail recipes. I should send you the video. I feel like you would like some of them are experimental, but I was sending you if I can. It's on TikTok, so I don't know her name, but when she comes up, I'll remember and I'll go to her page. She came up with a whole bunch of of, of mocktails that she was trying that were like felt intentional. Like the only thing that was missing was you adding. Well, you know how some mocktails be like. Here goes some orange juice, some water. You know, like these were like crafted. Mm. Yeah, maybe. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I would like to try some. I think they start making more stuff because I'm like, yeah, I would try some, but then I'm like, but would I make one? <laughs> but I should, I should start making some because, like a little, you know, a little fancy drink that can be cute. Right? They were cute. She had like she was muddling stuff and most stuff. She made some simple syrup. Like they look good. She, they look really like, they look really good. But all right, we moving on. Mm-hmm. Hey y'all. Do you want to join the most exclusive classical music club in the game? The Ebony Tower has all the antics and tomfoolery of a regular classically black episode, but exclusive. We got video, we got polls, we got classically black after dark. That's coming soon, y'all. We got Patron, we got feet, we got titties. Okay, we don't got none of that, but you can join us on Patreon, aka the Ebony Tower, at patreon.com slash classically black podcast for intermission polls, video episodes, live streams, and more exclusive content. We have multiple affordable tiers, or you can pledge an amount of your choosing. So if you want all of that, you can join us at patreon.com slash classically black podcast. So, this um, past, what, Friday, we had our movie night, as we reminded you guys ever so many times on social media. So, thank you for everyone who participated and live-tweeted us and all that type of stuff. That was cute. I know. Yeah, so. We be reviewing movies. We, um, so, for y'all who may you may not know we you know we finished bel canto in last week's episode and then we decided we're gonna watch the movie um and if you still want to watch the movie and you haven't uh seen it yet it's free katie you watched it on tubi mm-hmm. katie watched it on tubi i watched it on amazon prime slash freebie um and so yeah it's free so we're just gonna talk about what we thought about the movie you can also see our our tweets are still up there um so what did you think, especially in comparison to the book? Did yours have commercials? Mine did, yeah. See, that's why I don't understand the whole Amazon Prime thing. Because, I, I mean, I watched on Tubi with those commercials, but I'm just like, anyway. Um, well, no, because it, it was through Free, Freebie, which is owned by Amazon, so I can just access it through Amazon Prime. Ah, I see. And also, I think my thing, it did something weird, and I had to pause it and whatever, so I was a little bit behind you there's some you know i'm scary so i skipped like 30 seconds for some parts because i already i read the books i knew it was gonna happen um and they were not holding back with some of the graphics so um yeah i okay i'm fairly new to reading for leisure so i want you to keep that in mind when i with what i'm about to say i finally get 
what the girls mean by the book was better than the movie. Like, I finally understand that concept, which I know that sounds crazy at my big, humongous age. But, like, remember, like, I started reading for pleasure maybe, like, in 2017. And this is the most I've read. I'm already 10 books into the year. So this is, like, the most I've Damn. read ever. I fell off um, so bad. I used to read. I said I used to read so much. I fell off so bad. It's hard. I don't yeah. like. I know people say like. I know what people say like, oh, you if you were running a phone less you could read, which is true. But it's like sometimes you don't have reading takes something. You have to do something. Some people sometimes you don't have the energy to do something. You just want to scroll. You want to relax. You want to, yeah. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed the movie. Like it was fine. I just like I just feel like everything was so rushed and not believable. Yep. Okay. Period. Yep. Okay. I'll I'll stop there. You tell me, and then we could talk about it. The well, I thought I was just like, where did the time go? Like, I just I can't yeah. really tell you what happened. Like, I, I yeah, can, it's so weird. Like, the movie it's not a long movie by any means, but also it just seems like even for I think it was like an hour and eighteen minutes or something like that. Maybe was no, it's more like an hour and a half. Hour okay, you know how I, I think it was like an hour forty three. Uh, I mean with saving credits. And the only reason why I know that, because you know I'd be a little slow sometimes. It took me so long to realize that I thought there was like an hour more, like an hour left for most of the movie <laughs> until something happened that happened like way later in the book and I was like, oh and then I looked at the time thing and I was like, oh, the whole thing is an hour 43. I thought the whole thing was like 243, which would have made more sense to me. Because I was like, there's so much stuff that has to happen. Like, there's so much stuff that was like rushed through it. Like, it was just not enough time to tell. I'm like, was it the Disney Channel original? Like, there was not enough right. time <laughs> to tell the story. <laughs> the Disney Channel original? Okay. Come with the lane. Um... Yeah, so it was just like I remember getting to the end and being like, "What even happened? Like, what did you spend that time on?" Because I can't really, I can't really recall. Um, dang, what else? What's we gonna? What's we saying? He's, okay, we we said it was rushed. I feel like I like the begin. Like, first of all, the little the little touch with like the boy previewing, um, like his ball rolled away. And he saw them in the vent. Oh it was God. a, it was a little scary. I was it like, see, that's why so I want to. Oh my God, I hated that. See, now I feel. Now I'm looking at my vent sideways. Okay. Oh my gosh. And the boy act like that little boy. Ball. So I mean, this it's too late. What's he gonna do? Like it happened almost like right after. But when the ball rolled and he saw them in the in the vents, I was like, you know what? Y'all better write a little script. Yeah. Like that was creative. Like yeah. it also warned because we know the story, but it warned like the 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 viewer like something's about to happen in a way that I feel like if it just happened right away yeah. it might have been like more sudden so I was like okay like okay writers did, and then what happened at the end um but I feel like the beginning was fine I feel like the middle stuff was what was rushed through like obviously the book it took time to build relationships between characters and stuff just made mm-hmm. more sense literally again like the Gen and the Carmen thing. Oh my gosh! First of all, it was obvious that he was a that she was a girl like right away. But for, and Carmen was like way more thirsty than this. I mean, do your thing, girl. Carmen was like, I'm in here with some. Like <laughs> they started staring at each other like 
three the, frames into the movie. Okay, the, but you know yeah. what I mean. Like the way he was looking at her, I was like, "This is gross." Like it he was, was gross. Damn, damn near licking his lips. Now, yeah, <laughs> Carmen. It's just like chill, bro. It was too <laughs> much, and it happened way too fast. And I feel like a lot of the relationships were just rushed. Like the relationship between Carmen and Roxanne was rushed. Like she. It was just weird. Like she was in the room and she just started brushing her hair. I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah, you don't even know what she's saying to you. Like you don't speak English. So what's going like how y'all like I'm not saying y'all can't have a bond, but like it was literally two seconds in and 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 this is you a part of the group that somebody moves they they shoulder muscle one time you point a gun at their head. So like I'm really supposed to believe you let her approach you and start brushing on your hair. Like that was weird. Like I yeah, I, I too like the book better the movie better than the movie because there was just some things like yeah that you were saying it didn't make any sense like I'm trying to okay whatever the whole singing part like they didn't I think you said like they she was more revered in the book because yeah. the way they was treating her like even with the whole like singing thing like yeah she had a they said that she had a beautiful voice but like it wasn't in the way that like it was talked about in the book, which I mean, in some cases that's positive because they was just milking it in in a way that they couldn't have in the movie. But like, she was literally just sitting there and they was like, they cut off the water in the house. And then he was like, I feel like if you sang for them, then they would be inspired to turn the water back on. How was that the message that they would get from that? Right. (laughs) Right. Okay. That part was the most ridiculous part. I'm like, there goes that ridiculousness we were missing. Cause that, Cause like I feel like the movie was pretty normal until that until that point. I mean, there's other because if I was in the press, if I'm, all, I'm if I'm over there, I'm outside in the heat for MSNBC, and this girl starts singing on the balcony, I'm going to laugh. I'd be like, "What are y'all doing?" Like, like I wouldn't have connected that. That didn't make it, any sense. It didn't make any sense, and it also came out of nowhere because like they it, they didn't have that foundation of. Oh my God, Roxanne, her yeah. voice is everything. Like they didn't have that. So it just was like, it seemed like he just came up to a random prisoner and was like, we want you to sing. Like, you know, like it wasn't yeah. like your voice. They didn't have any of that foundation of her voice being so powerful and life changing, except for, for anyone, except for Mr. Hosokawa, who was mad thirsty from the get go too. Yeah. as soon as she walked in, he, I don't even, I'm, this is classic black, not classic black after dark. He, he had a party going on okay yeah. <laughs> because he was so freaking extra when she walked in and then like just so much stuff just didn't make sense to me like Roxanne had this Roxanne okay Roxanne is annoying in the book and the movie I was going like, to say that was my next thing too like both the t- both the time she's annoying however I found her to be more insufferable in the movie because yeah. when dude had came when Ben Hamid came up to her and was like hey girl like we need you to do a little concert or whatever for the girls she was like, well, get somebody else to do it. Are you crazy? You're a hostage. You are literally a hostage. Yeah. Also, mind you, the day before, which they, when you were trying to leave the house, they grabbed you by your bun and pulled you back. And you over yeah. here, now you big, now you big titty talk about, okay. oh, <laughs> oh, get somebody else to do it. Are you crazy? She's, yeah, she, I was like, you look ridiculous because cause she was like, well, I'm the only American. I'm the only one woman you kept. Like, obviously, I'm important. You're not going to do you're not what you're going to shoot me. And she's like, there's a lot between shoot you and leave you alone. Right. Because now if he decides See. to uh, to knock one of your teeth out, <laughs> then like, right. then what, girl? Like, you big and bad, but 
you're not really because what you really finna do and so that was ridiculous i found her to be very abrasive she was she was yeah. a very a very unlikable character yeah she was very unlikable when she first got there she was talking about oh my gosh this third world country i'm not even, i'm not coming nowhere in latin america ever again not even teatro cologne and um in argentina i have to look that up um she's like, i'm not going nowhere over here only the u.s canada and europe i was just like her lines were okay. a choice, like yeah. an interesting one, because a lot of it was very ignorant. I should have wrote down one. Of, there was one that made me tweet that something the, she said to the little boy. I remember there was one they they was talking about the hostage checkers, and then she was like, "They're not even people; they're animals," or something like that. Yeah, I was like, like "Whoa!" <laughs> like it was I. A- I was like, okay, maybe that's just because that's not even an insult I would think to say. Because, like, obviously, I would be pissed at whoever was taking me hostage, too. But, and, and, and that's very easy for me to say, like, on the couch or whatever. But, like, I just would never think to call somebody an animal, especially, like, you're a white lady. You was already talking shit about their country. Yeah. Like, I think it was sort of built on top of that, too. The fact that, like, mm-hmm. there was really some, like, very bigoted, very, like, kind yeah. of low racist undertones to that whole, like, how she was basically scoffing at their country like when she was walking through how poor it was and all that type of stuff like she just seemed very unlikable she didn't seem like a kind person and i don't understand why mr sakawa was so down bad like the voice was all right girl i mean shout out to miss renee but like be for real oh was renee Fleming's voice Mm -hmm. oh shoot yeah See, it sounded familiar, low key, but like i just couldn't i don't know the opera girls like that it didn't i looked i mean i saw it on the wikipedia Mm. Um, what else about her? Like, okay. Also, I felt petty because I just felt that it, like low key. Like, okay, a character that I liked a lot was Messner. I thought like I saw the book does a <clears throat> a really good job of like giving you backstory on people, but Messner, the Red Cross guy, he just seemed excuse me he just seems like pissed off the entire time which understandably so he I, I think he was supposed to be on vacation he got caught and do this thing and then he ended up being there for four months but Messner seemed like way more abrasive in the book and I got to see like more of his humanity like um he broke down at the airport when he was leaving the country because all those people died um he was more like empathetic to the people inside in a way that we didn't see like in the book um but that that when he was having um his Troy Bolton moment like sightseeing you remember that you remember that scene from High School Musical I mean yeah I don't like, know if I remember that scene from Bill Conto Wait. when he was oh when he was when Troy was on the rocks like not stop not stop not gonna stop till I get my shot no I That's remember the, I the High School oh. Musical version I don't oh. remember this happening in Bill Conto when he when he was sightseeing he was climbing up them pyramids and stuff and I was like <laughs> maybe that's I like, why I felt the movie was short was I watching it <laughs> <laughs> I was like y'all could have say, took those five minutes and made the movie like ten minutes longer just to build some more first of all a little bit better writing for Renee for, not Renee you know what I mean oh girl um, Roxanne. Roxanne because I don't know some of the some of the writing was just weird and choppy with, with her specifically mm-hmm. um, and then also just building some of the some some of the character arcs were just missing like yeah 
I feel like maybe if we knew the extent to which um, Mr. Hosokawa was obsessed with opera, it would have been more. It would have been more reasonable for her to be like obsessed for him to be obsessed with her. Um, yeah. Also, the 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 scene with uh, Caesar, I was like, y'all couldn't find a, a, a some <laughs> because the book made it seem. <laughs> I felt bad. I'm like an asshole. I'm like, this why people don't like classical musicians. Because the book made it sound like he was like, wow. Right, because I, I was, I was waiting for that to drop. Delaney, when he started, when he sounded like a cow in heat, I said, this is ridiculous. Like, turn this movie off. Y'all couldn't find nobody. Y'all scoured the earth. She was talking, she's talking about the, the, the one of the hostage takers who in the book was supposed to be like oh he can sing and then like that's when he was trying to hit this high note and then Roxanne stops him and then she comforts him about you know like whatever that's what she's talking about but the guy in the movie he wasn't really sounding all that you know he sounded like <laughs> he sounded like if you were to ask if you were to go out to Kroger Katie. and ask somebody in the dairy aisle Mm-mm. what do you think opera sounds like that's what he sounded like. I'm wrong. Seriously. I what I found ridiculous about that is like of course of course like yeah in the book like he ran away or whatever he ran away and and was curled up in a tree crying or whatever. I'm like so you big and bad. Sh- pointing a gun at folks and and all that type of stuff. But somebody say somebody started laughing at you singing and now you crying in a tree. If you don't get your ass down here, like, I'm for real. Like, be for real. And um, what was I about to say about that? When that time when they faked out all those people, like, and it was towards the beginning when they just started running through and like when it was doing the little drills. Yeah, that is so. That was so scary. That was scary. But I, it didn't. It didn't scare me as much because I, I was like, why are they doing this? But I remember from the book that they was doing like. They would, try, they would do little things to keep them on their toes. That was so scary. Like, oh, I hate that. Mm-mm. Also, not too much on Caesar. I'm going to leave him alone. But also, in the movie, he is a grown man. So get your big ass out the tree. Like, he bigger than the tree that he was sitting in. Like, come on. Right, the tree sitting in you. <laughs> right. The <laughs> casting was a choice. You couldn't get... You couldn't get you couldn't get like children to play you know what i'm saying like they got child actors you couldn't get one of them to play like carmen i was happy with carmen's age in the movie because she looked like she could be at least 18 um but i thought literally none of the children were cast properly except except for for that one and the one that killed the Mm -hmm. yeah he looked like a child yeah he did um yeah and that brings us to the accompanist who i forgot all about who in the book he died because he needed his insulin yeah. um and you know what this was a fix for them because i feel like they killed they killed him off basically he left just like in the book they let him out because he was sick but then he ran back in because roxanne wasn't with them he burst through the door and then one of the kids who was one of the soldiers shoots him and he dies that's how they did in the movie i think that, that was a fix because in the book it didn't really make any sense that he would yeah, die slowly from mm-hmm. from lack of insulin when they had him bringing in food and supplies and whatever they could have just brought him some insulin so like i feel like they did that because it didn't really make sense for it to play out that way in the book but real quick did they bring in the food and supplies the next day 
Because I feel like the panties died that night. No? I mean, he had been sick, though, for a couple days. Oh, see. And he yeah. wasn't unconscious oh. that whole time. And they were in con- They could have been in contact. The, the police were right outside. Okay. that's That That was better than the movie. It was jarring because I was like, wasn't expecting it, of course. But mm-hmm. it, was a w- it was a way better solution. Yeah. I also liked... Oh, you going to say something? No, I just said, yeah. I also liked... Remember the scene where Messner had brought in a box of, like, whatever the heck, different bits, like cards and mm-hmm. something else. And General Benjamin, like, knocked it out of his hand, and there was, like, a um a recorder in there, like a, a mic. Mm-hmm. I really liked that because it was a nod to what actually happened in real life. Because if you read the actual story of, of this, like, the people on the outside knew at all times what was going on on the inside because they had mic'd everything like they were they were putting mics in people's clothes so they knew like what um in the in the hostages clothes and telling them where to put it like all these like little secret bits like put the mic here so we so they could hear everything and i feel like that was ignored in the book because in the book kind of had me I remember even asking you, I think maybe week one or week two, like, when did this happen? Because one of the things you want to think about is, like, y'all wasn't, how much technology were y'all using to help <clears throat> rectify this? Um, so I did like that touch of, like, some some realism. Mm-hmm. And I also enjoyed the end a lot more. The end made way more sense. It's so funny because I put it, I think I put it, I don't know if I put it on Classically Black Story. I put it on my personal story where I was, like, the ending of like our last tweets yours was like way better ending and then i was like mine was wow i hate this <laughs> but to be fair i think you're talking about the epilogue right yeah because yeah so in the epilogue in the movie like they didn't have roxanne again knocking boots and getting married which because is like and no don't sense. piss me off like what was that you wrote wealth how do you write well for 300 pages and, and from 310 to three to three sixteen, you just muck it all up. You should be ashamed. Yeah, I think ultimately, like the ending, like that was like whatever because it was very short. The ending scene, like when they was outside and stuff, like was so like that's when I was just like I I hate this. Like I just it was so difficult to watch. It was terrible because like they can't and then it's like what happened in real life that like they killed all those people, and like it was just like terrible to see people surrendering and get killed anyway yeah like that was really what like i was just like i hate seeing stuff like that i hate it so yeah i was like that Mm-mm. also did like i had to skip through some of it because i already knew what was gonna happen because like when i saw they was gonna sh- they were showing bullets going through and entering out the other side exiting out the other side rather i was like oh this is not for me and they um they like shot somebody in the head and stuff mm-hmm. like that and that reminded me i thought that was deliberate because in the in the real life event one of the generals which like i ain't mad at him he tried to blend in with the hostages and i said listen do what you gotta do big dog when because the hostages were being evacuated on a bus and he was like listen me too and the soldiers like the peruvian soldiers like grabbed him took him behind the house and executed him and they were like put like gun to his head and like blew his head off and i can't remember the exact details but like they tried to like someone tried to sue like i can't because that's low-key like 
a war not a war crime that. but there's <laughs> you can't do that like it's in no the grand scheme process. of the world yeah you can't execute somebody like that. i mean that. i don't know if they i'm sure they have i'm i'm that's an american thing but like i'm sure they have their equivalent to due process like you can't yeah. just kill people <laughs> but and they end up getting away with it like the government but like yeah. um so i saw all them guts flying around i said oh let's skip ahead a little bit um but it was sad I, and they showed them in the body bags i'm like what was the point of this like mm, oh no, um, it was like terrible i mean i'm not like yeah especially with the whole getting shot in the head like i just like i freaking just like uh i just hate that i just hate yeah. seeing people like i don't i really don't like watching people die i hate seeing especially kid children die i just don't and innocent people like i mean they wasn't innocent they did it but like they didn't they were surrendering some of them were surrendering um and did not need to be executed the way they the way that they were and i just hated that you saw again talk about it's me esposa i was like genneferd genjamin genjamin be freaking for real and they kept that line we're talking about oh it would be so bad if we sat in here i'm like again you are in i'm so glad you brought that up again because first of all carmen yeah you she was thirsty she was like everybody in here is happy i was like girl you really must not speak no type of language because (laughs) (laughs) you don't even speak body language girl what about this makes it seem like we're happy and then she's like are you not happy no i'm not happy like what are you talking about and she um and he was talking about oh maybe it's not so bad if we stay in here and i was being funny because i was like the more i look at general benjamin i'm like i was like well maybe it's not so bad in there like hold on i was like before me little little four month vacay all expenses pay hold on like (laughs) but it's like no matter how big that house was the set was small i mean obviously for for filming purposes but like the set was like smaller than the actual house but like it don't matter how big like they weren't even the first time they went outside was like month four (laughs) like what do you mean it's not so bad in here first of all i know it smelled crazy in here right and then talking about um um when she was talking when they was talking about oh i love you i'm like y'all don't even know each other y'all can't even talk about nothing just right because uh again don't even know spanish she was speaking some other thing like which they glossed over you notice that mm -hmm. that that was a hole in the writing because she they might as well just said like Cause he asked me, "You used to be Spanish." She said, "A little." And now you have a full conversation talking about some Tayamo, right. girl. <laughs> no. And speaking English, and I did like that they that they um kept a lot of the um like the translation and stuff like that, and people mm-hmm. speaking other languages because that was remember that's something we talked about when we was talking about Amadeus, and I was like, it threw me off that Mozart was so American, like uh, yeah. And so I I kind of like that you know that they that they wrote it that way because that's mm-hmm. a, i mean that's also a big part of the barriers between them it's like you have these language barriers in this hostage situation um and what was i about to say oh that was another thing that i tweeted was roxanne when she was talking about her past marriages i was like oh okay so she just married anybody that made the epilogue make sense yeah because <laughs> She's talking about how she had been married twice before, and I was like, oh, "Okay, this is making a lot more sense." Roxanne, Roxanne was insufferable. She was the only unlikable character because you know who I actually liked a lot more. Okay, in both the book and the the movies, 
General Benjamin was a fool. Like, just an absolute fool. Because, I mean, I think, like, I might have glossed over it. I, I might have glossed over, like, the conditions that Messina was trying to get him to um, agree to in the book. But it was, like, abundantly clear here. Literally, because his wife was locked up. I don't know if that was true in the book. But his like his wife was locked up and his kids were in Switzerland or Germany, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were like, we will take your wife out of prison. We will um, take make sure everybody in here can go to Venezuela and so you can be reunited with your children. He was like, no. Are you crazy? Because I understand, like, you're fighting for this bigger thing, something that's bigger than yourself. That's what I understand. But my guy, you already know that this is a failed mission. It'll be different if this was day one, maybe not even if this was, if y'all got caught in the vents before you took hostage and they were like, no, don't do it. We'll do this. You could be like, no, we're going through with it. You it's day 407. You in here with no plan and no water, no nothing. And they give you a deal as great as that. Take it. Are you are you dumb? Yes. Because it'll be different if you were actually getting somewhere. Y'all just in there living. Right. Nah, a fool. A freaking fool. And if his kids find out how it went down, you ain't my daddy. Because that's crazy. No. When the at the end, when everybody was um when they freed all the hostages and and the president was on that bus or whatever, I was like, what if somebody sniped him? Like, that's what I was low-key expecting mean, low key when he was just out out in the open. Like, But also, I was thinking that when they was out in the open, in the, like, on the roof and stuff, I was like, they can't get y'all right now? See, I was thinking about that, too. But, but it I wouldn't th- have been smart. Yeah. Because they could have they- started killing hostages. Yeah, and they didn't want no people dying. I don't know. I feel like if the movie was a little bit longer, mm-hmm. I don't know how that, like, I feel like they pared it down too much editing. Cause. Yeah. Right. I know who, I know who directed it. <laughs> I was saying something. <laughs> that's a, that's a Patreon exclusive. Because oh, no, it's not. We talked about that last episode. Never yeah. mind. But I just, I wanted to like it. I knew, I, I had a, I don't know what I thought. I just feel like it was just too short. So none of the, nothing made sense. Beyond like the first twenty minutes, yeah. But let us know your thoughts. Right. And we are we are done with our bel canto. You know, whatever this was, but it ain't too late to um. It ain't too late to uh, early. Yeah, it ain't too early to recommend a book for next year. The Lord allows. Period. All right, y'all. Time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props because there's room for everyone at the top. This week, I'm talking about Lonnie Kelly. She is a oboist. Um, currently serves as principal oboe of the Jackson Symphony Orchestra and the Southwest Michigan Symphony Orchestra. She's an active performer in with Memphis. We'll talk about that in a second. Fort Worth St. Louis Symphony Orchestras. And in 2013, she was invited to perform as guest principal over with the Wuhan Philharmonic. Um, she w- loves working with young musicians and serves the faculty 
at Michigan State University. She received her bachelor's degree from the New England Conservatory and master's from Michigan State University. She was a... Yep. Uh, she was a prize winner with the SOPA, sorry, the Sphinx Orchestral Partners Competition in 2013. And she was a fellow with the Pittsburgh Symphony in 2007. This season, she will be um, the visiting, uh, she'll be a visiting oboist with the Memphis Symphony Orchestra on Phonam Gang Gang. So shout out to you, Lonnie, and your oboin. Yeah. You got a piece of the week. Yep. Um, my piece of the week is A two in C major, opus ten, number one, by Chopin, which number is crazy. Because I usually I do not ever listen to piano music, but I listened to it because I heard it because I was I was looking for a recording for Andre by Andre Watts when I was posting on my story the R I P post, and um I was like oh this low key E so I've been listening to it. That's how I feel about piano music. Every time I be like, every time I hear it, I be like, why don't I listen to this more? And then I forget. Well, I, I don't know if I'll go that far, but really? I like this one. It could yeah. be nice, but it I can see, I can be, see, but it's kind of to me. Any, I don't know, maybe what, like when it has some backbone on it. I'm like definitely not no slow junk. Like y'all could, y'all keep that. I don't really like that. Speaking of piano, I got an episode idea. I'm talking to you, bro. Maybe not. A, we'll see. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or an intermission suggestion, or a little book suggestion, you never know, we might do a winter book club. I mean, I doubt it, but send it to Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. Join the Ebony Tower, y'all. Yeah, be great. Join us. Patreon.com slash Classically Black Podcast. If you're black, join ISBM. It's free and stuff. IS Black Musicians on social media, isblackmusicians.com. Thank you for listening, and we will catch y'all next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.